Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Well, you may have a seat. Uh, It is so good to have you. I walked up stage earlier, left, and I didn't really tell you who I am. Those of you who are new, my name is Greg uh, McKinney. My wife and I are are the lead pastors here at Glory Church. Um, Really, I just, we lead in a way that is um, less about uh, our way goes and more about uh, our staff, the leaders in this church, help orchestrate everything. Um, I, even like with this building, a lot of you saw me doing things, but what you didn't see is all the people who continually did things uh, to make this happen. And so I'm just beyond thankful. I'm ready to dive into today. If you were with us last week, we started a series on the book of James. Maybe you've read James before. Maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's okay. You can spend some time right now while I sort of intro this and download like a Bible app. Click in, click on James, and you can sit with us. Um, last week, we dove in the first part of chapter one, and um, it was a lot of fun to bring. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Those of you who maybe missed it or weren't with us, you can actually find that on our website uh, or podcast type in Glory Church uh, and on the Apple podcast, and you can hear week one. But we're starting this morning just to prep you if you want to get it ready, like at verse 18 of chapter one. And so that's where we're at. I'm excited, but we are talking about this idea of hearing versus doing which is where James sort of travels himself into. Uh, he he's, wants to prep you, for there is a whole lot of us who have a struggle with hearing things and never doing things that we hear. Anyone else like, uh, we, we hear good ideas from the Lord or hear uh, something that might work well, and then no change ever has happened. Like it's a typical high school student. I was a uh, high school pastor for, uh, for students for about uh, almost seven years. And it's a typical student who says like, I'm gonna make, this year's gonna be different, right? And it's the start of the year and they're making all these changes, but then they go into real life and the changes are like over there, not with them. Not with them. And this is the difference between a hearer and a doer. So I just, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, uh, a backdrop, and then we're going to dive right in. If you want to take a note, like, this is just common uh, knowledge of how our, our actions flow from our brains, from our hearts. And it's this. I actually live. How I live, what I do, is a combination of, like, these three things. What I fill my mind with, what my desires focus on, and what I spend my time on. Like literally, you, how you live every day, this is just, this is, this is normal things. You wanna know why things are messing up in your life. Sometimes we can take an inventory on what am I filling my mind with? What are my desires focused on? What do I spend my time with? And those things, those answers can sort of, um, they're like a, a plus. You know, you can add those all together and what it equals is sometimes um, the state we're in right now. Whether it's a hardship, whether it's our bitterness, or sometimes it's the, uh, the financial turmoil we're in. It's because of a lot of this, and, or it's, because it's the doubt that we're in right now. And so we are diving into, and if you remember, James is talking to an audience of Jews who were scattered. Uh, and really, what they fill their mind with, what their desires focus on, and what they spend their time doing will determine 
how they live. And so uh, we're going to sort of attack this, because I don't know about you, but I want to know, like, God, why sometimes do I hear your word but never do it? I want to know, God, why do I hear your convictions, even from my wife, like some, whew, that woman, she can speak, she can speak the Lord's uh, will, and it, it slices me, but th- why do I keep leaving the trash in the trash can instead of taking it out like she asked me, and I've promised, you know, the simplest, why do I keep doing these things? And it's, because Greg, your mind is filled with alternate things. Your desires are focused on alternate desires. You're spending your time doing things that are not in line with that conviction. And so we can track this down and follow it in suit, and I'm excited. We either have an alternate filling, an alternate desire, or a full schedule. And some of you are like, God, why aren't you moving? And he's like, because you keep moving. Like, your time, like, you keep moving. I am moving, but you're just too fast right now to notice it. Like, you just keep going, going, going. So... I am uh, opening up right now to verse 18, and we're diving right in, all right? And there is a lot of scripture, but we're going to make sense of this. And I have a little friend up here, uh, Amir, okay? Uh, And this will be seen, and I'm excited to dive into conversations with this mirror today. In fact, I was trying to like figure out what I was gonna speak and how I was going to do this properly and I'm at home and I don't normally like bring work home but I went home at like 3 p.m. and my mind was still on it. Like, let's form this message, Lord, help me out. And I was just in our bathroom talking in the mirror and my, my two little girls were just like, Dad, are you okay? Because I'm just like trying to talk it out in the mirror. Okay, so like this is a mirror. And, and so I'm just, we'll get into it, okay? And I'll, I'll talk to the mirror. But I'm excited. Uh, so it says this in verse 18 of chapter 1. James writes, you must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourself of all filthiness and the rampant growth of wickedness. That's what my version says, and I really liked it. The rampant growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness, or maybe yours says receive with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. And we're going to pause just right here. Filthiness of your sin patterns. Rid yourself up because we, we are way too fast to think. And sometimes thinking we assume is hearing because we're just waiting, you know. We're waiting for our opportunity to speak, but already we're speaking, you know. We're already speaking in our minds. He says, be slow. Be slow to speak. Quick to listen. You need to hear something so that you can do something. But often we get stuck in the hearing, and we'll get into this. But he says, allow anger to be slow, too. Because there is no way at all that you'll be able to produce righteousness with your actions if that anger is uncontrolled. And so therefore, he says, uh, I need you to take this filthiness, your, your sin patterns, actively throw them away. And this is like common sense. We get it, God. We get it. And then, and then he says, but also take this like rampant growth of wickedness. And I like this. That word means, hey, the natural growth of evil that everyone has in the world. Like that thing that grows in you to compare yourself to others, throw that away. 
that thing that grows in you that, that, that allows you to, to look at yourself in comparison. I mean, we all know this. You walked in this room today, looked around, and then made an assessment on whether or not you fit in based on who you saw. That's a rampant growth of wickedness in our heart right? Like we don't even call it, like we don't even notice it. Like, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not welcome here because, no, that's a lie. And that's an, that is a scale based off our world. The enemy says, use this. And the Lord says, lose this, right? Like take that and throw it. And so there's a lot of these. I mean, we can keep going. Like every time where there's this natural growth to not trust people, some of you need to actively put that away as we do what he's about to say. Because there are ideas of the Lord that you hear, but you never do because there's a rampant growth of bitterness or wickedness or deceit in your heart. And so already he's setting us up to be like, hey, what are you allowing to grow in you? What are you allowing to grow in you? Because whether or not you realize it, it does damage what you hear and what you do. Because the Lord is not a silent God. He is speaking. He's speaking always. He speaks. And I, what I love, like, I, I wish I could understand the voice of the Lord in such a way that people could hear him uh, better. Like, I just, that's my desire. I just, when I talk to someone, especially people from uh, other, other ethnicities or other uh, countries, when I'm speaking to them and I don't know their native tongue, I'm like, Lord, I just wish I could speak their heart language. And the Lord's like, I do. I speak it. I speak to them. But the issue is sometimes we just have these um, things growing that we need to throw away. And so he says, while you do that, I want you to also welcome with meekness. And we're going to come back to that, that phrase. If you want to underline it or highlight it, you can, you can also put receive with meekness, with gentleness, the implanted word. And here's a little spoiler about this implanted word. It's already in you, right? It's already in you. If you're a beloved, a brother in, in Christ, a sister in Christ, then he's asking you to get rid of that which is not of you and to welcome that which is already in you. It's really cool. So we're going to continue though. He says, but be doers of that word. That implanted word that you're, you're welcoming with meekness, be doers of it and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word, and not doers of the word. They are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, and abide, and continue, whatever your translation says, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed by their doing. So there are two objects that I need you to understand that are being looked into, and you're going to, like, be with me in this, okay? Just challenge whatever the enemy or whatever distraction or whatever lie is going to cause you to drift away. Like, keep saying, no, I want to hear, okay? Uh, I want to hear so that I can do. Can we all just make that claim over ourselves? Like, I want to hear so I can do. Because there's a counterfeit that comes to happen when the word of God speaks. And we just 
feel good. Oh, I'm just going to grab this chair. This is not in my notes. I have seen this too many times. We all know this. When you're in, and this is the best compliment I can, I can get, is when someone from the street who does not know any of us, they feel the presence of God in the room. I love that. That's like one of the best things, right? So what that can uh, be used in a negative sense is someone will sit back in the presence of peace that they feel and walk out and realize that it was never actually in them the whole time. And so then the relationship with peace is a uh, come and go, which is what the world says. If you need a high, go to that drink. Our God is not that kind of a God, right? And so I'm gonna, uh, you're going to have to challenge yourself. There, you, you feel good and you'll leave, but no, God, I want to know good in your name. I want to I see goodness in your name. And so I'm going to challenge you right now. I'll make a claim in your, in your mind. Maybe some of you need to speak it out. Say, I'm not only going to hear, I'm going to do. Some of you need to say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear and I'm going to do. Because we're going to dive into this and I need you to be present with the Lord and what he's speaking. All right? Let's not just sit back in the peace that we feel, but scripture says, chase peace. Did you know it says that? Like, pursue peace. There's this active, I feel peace and I'm going to pursue him. And so there we go. Okay. I'm sorry. That was not in my notes. He says, be doers. So there is two images that are in two objects that we're looking at. There is a mirror. He says, look into the mirror. And then there's also, it says, if you notice this, but those who look into the perfect law, both different objects. You're looking into both. And as we will see, there will be an image that you will see in both. Okay. Two objects, two images, and the hearer is one, the doer is the other. Now, I need to make that separation because if, if James wanted to just stick with the mirror metaphor, he would have carried it through the whole time. But he paused the mirror metaphor after he described what a hearer is and then changed it to those who look into the perfect law. So there's going to be a difference, all right? And we're going to need to understand why is there a difference? Why is that? And so uh, the mirror talk, here we go. I was really struggling with this because I, I was like, it's not like James is saying those who do the word leave a mirror and remember what they look like. That's not, or else he would have said that. He would have said those who do the word are like those looking in a mirror who walk away, they remember what they look like. But he ended that metaphor. So it's a little different. Walk with me in this. So I look at my mirror, I, I'm, I myself, do you guys look at the mirror daily, anyone? Look at the mirror daily. Back in their day, it would have not been this beautiful, you know, arched mirror that you can buy on Wayfair. Um, I, it wasn't, it was a shiny, like, 
polished metal, okay? So they're looking, and the word look, if you wanna dive into that a little bit, it's, real, it's actually, a good, it's give careful consideration, seeking to understand, taking note of, observing fully. Some of you know what that means, because you're looking and you're observing fully every day, right? Like you're, you're observing fully every day what's going on, what new wrinkle was created, what like area of blemish you need to make sure is covered up. We, we look carefully, and, and James is saying, as a matter of fact, when someone looks into a mirror, they look carefully, right? You do. You look carefully into a mirror. But there's also something interesting about all of our experiences with mirrors. Unless we are narcissistic, we leave them behind, right? Unless we are narcissistic and always want a mirror in our face, we will leave it behind, which everyone does. And this word forget is where I need to challenge some of our past preconceived notions with this. The word forget doesn't mean that it's no longer in your head and you are, are instantly like one of those people who can't remember your face. It literally just means you overlook it. You overlook what you saw. It's the same word when the disciples get onto the, uh, the land after walk, like going on a boat with, with Jesus, see all the mass people, and the scriptures say, the disciples forgot to bring food. It's not like they were like, what is food? What is food? I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what food is. It's they overlooked the necessity to bring food. This is not saying the one who looks in the mirror forgets and that person is not a doer because they forgot. No, it's saying the natural tendency when we look at a mirror is to now overlook everything we saw because there's other things to focus on. Am I right? Like, I, there's other things that I don't, I don't forget what I look like, but I forget and overlook what I look like because I'm looking at other things now. Right? Do we understand it? It's not in my mind anymore what I'm seeing. This is the hearer, those who forget. And I will tell you, like, uh, mirror experience helps us, like, prepare for the day. And I wrote this down. Like, we make fixes. Some of you, you clean up the messes. Others of you, you put on a little bit more concealer. You give careful consideration to all of the nooks, the crannies, and your teeth, right? Your experience with a mirror is very intentional. But then there are other things that you need to concentrate on. So you walk away from a mirror. I would even dare to say, like, naturally, you don't give further consideration to what you saw in the mirror because you dealt with it already. Anyone ever, like, the hearer deceives themselves because they sit in knowing that they don't have peace. I'm just going to bring this back. They sit in to where they think they feel peace. They look in a mirror and are like, I feel peace peace here. And then they walk away and they think it's dealt with. But it's not dealt with because they're acting like the word of God is like a mirror where they can have this experience and then go on their day. They could say, God, how, how are you asking me to change myself? And then after I do it, I leave. And sometimes it never sticks because your experience was just with a mirror and you got life to get to. It never sticks and then it perpetuates this place. Now, I need you to, like, the self-deception is that they've looked into the mirror. We see our sin, but we don't have freedom. 
And the self-deception is that we think that's enough. James says, if anyone just hears the word and does not do it, they are like those who have a relationship with the word like it's a mirror. Where they're always just asking God, how do I better my life? Their relationship is just all about how I I sit in here because I need peace, but it's never I'm looking at the Prince of Peace. It's always, what can I do to feel peace? And the mirror will tell you what you can do, but you wonder, why don't I bring it with me? Why isn't it done in my life? And he's like, because you're just looking in a mirror. And then you walk away. And then you walk away, you forget You see, many times I've looked in a mirror and I see my failures. I surrender them in the moment and then I walk away. And the reason I don't feel freedom is because I heard the word, but the word was still always exterior and it never penetrated that place. You see, there's this beauty attached to what is the word That gets messed up when we just hear it. I wrote this down. The hearer of the word deceives themselves. They think that they've dealt with a lot, but in actuality, like it hasn't been healed. It hasn't been healed. They surrender a moment and they walk away. And James says, this is self-deception. You see that verse 22? Be a doer because a hearer deceives himself. You want to know why they deceive themselves? Because it feels productive in your faith to feel good at church. It feels productive in your faith to clean up, to get things going, and to walk away. And we deceive ourselves because we are looking at what the the word can do for me and not just knowing him. I want to see him. You deceive yourself and it keeps going. Uh, some of you I love the way that I preach. You do. Like, I, I, I've gotten some, I'm just, this might step on some to- tongue, uh, toes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Should I? Yeah, I'll say it. Some of you love the way that I teach. You say, God, I feel like God's teaching, speaking straight to me. I see myself in the words that you're speaking. I see it. And every time I hear, read the word, like I, if I'm struggling with lust, I'm going to go and I, God, I need you to help me. And then you speak it and I see me in the word. And it's so good. And I'm like in my mind thinking, now some of you are going to overthink and think I'm talking about you. I'm not. But in my mind, I'm thinking, then why haven't you done anything I've said? Why haven't you done it? And the reason is we love when it feels like it's talking to us, the word. That's a deception because the word of God is not to show you you. The word of God is to show you him. It's to show you Jesus. And so you like the way it feels, which is good. I'm thankful that God speaks to you, but you're discounting him speaking to you as it about you versus him speaking to you so that you can see him. Does this make sense? And so you walk away, it felt good, but your pain isn't changed. Because all you saw was, man, I'm painful. (laughs) Man, I have doubt. That's how I think. And God's like, so me, right? See me. See me. 
So how do we do the word of God? It says, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Verse 25, the doer looks not into the mirror. If you want to put this up, the doer looks not into the mirror, but looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and they persevere. Not being a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. You see, the point of the word of God, you ready? The point of the word of God is not so that you seek to know you through realizing it and reading it. God, what, what do I need changed? God, things are happening and I just need to know what do you want me to change? And our, our time of the word of God is so focused and the enemy knows what he's doing in this counterfeit gospel where the word then is for me. And then I walk away because the word is so that you look into the perfect law and see the law of freedom given by Jesus, set by Jesus. If you, if you want to write this note, write it. The mission of the word is to show us the image of the invisible God and to flesh out Jesus. Literally, look into is very different. Where it says the man who hears but does not do looks into a mirror and he gazes intently and he seeks to understand. This word where it says they look into, it means they stoop down to look in. As in it's like this low state. I want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. I want to know you. I want to know you, Lord. The image of Jesus is the purpose for the word. And this like, this counterfeit is going. The mirror seems right, but it's a counterfeit of truth. It really is. Because what image does it show you the whole time? Yours. It's a counterfeit of truth because the image it shows you is you. Now, I'll tell you, that's a damaging place because I'm merely a copy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Lord, let us make them, right? Let us make them in our image. And so in the image of God, he created them man and female. When we look at the word as it applies to us like a mirror, and I'm just sitting back thinking, oh, this is good stuff I need to apply in my life into my life. Instead of, all oh, this is good stuff, I want to know Jesus. There's a very different motive, but as I look, the counterfeit that the enemy says, it's looking good, it's looking good, you're just looking at you. I might be a little bit Christ-like, but man, this is going to distract me from Jesus, right? Like anyone else, like we might be a little bit Christ-like, but man, that's going to distract me, and this has happened... Since the beginning of time, do you remember the story of Adam and Eve? God gave Eve and Adam a command. Sit with me in this. God gave them a command. The enemy comes up, and what does he do for, me, for, for Eve? He hands her a mirror, essentially. Did God really say that you would die? No, he just doesn't want you to be like him. Did God really say that you would die? And now instantly the word of God is catered to her. And now she's going to respond with what she sees. Her. Ouch, right? Like this is literally throughout scripture. Jews, the Jews. Did God give you those ten commandments so that you could look like him? No, he gave you the ten commandments so that you could see him. Because your sin was getting in the way. 
But the enemy's like, did God give you those 10 commandments so that you could look and clean? All right, I'm not going to do adultery. I'm not going to be angry. Like, I'm not going to commit murder. Like, I'm I'm not going to covet. The enemy's like, no, look, make sure you're not doing those things. Look at your life. And God's like, no, I gave you those things so that nothing would be in the way of you seeing me. Of you seeing me. It is a false counterfeit gospel. And I would challenge you, when you read the word, you will deceive yourself. If you constantly say, God, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do with this? How am I supposed to get this? I got this problem and that problem and that problem. What are you doing to fix it? How are you? And God's like, get to know me. Know me. That's the point of this word. It's to know me. It's interesting. Uh, This is just, you will never end your lust problem by just constantly praying for Jesus to take your lust away. You won't. I mean, even think about the verses that you're trying to memorize to end your addiction. Do they have anything about the character of Christ? Or is it all centered toward I need to fight temptation. Like, I, I need, I need, I need this, which is good. Like, I'm not, but it's the other way around. The point of scripture, like, why don't we read it and say, wow, some of you, you don't know how to have a conversation with the opposite sex. And so maybe you need to read conversations that Jesus had with the opposite sex. How did he, what was his character, get to know his character? Because he, he saw a woman at the well, a Samaritan who had many wives. And I mean, she could probably, or many husbands, and she could probably have another one, right? And, and he had her right there. Yet all he cared about was for her to know the, the one true God. The reason your relationships with the opposite sex are skewed is because you want them to know you. For real, though, I'm a good man because I've done this and I've done that, and it's, it's me. But God's, God's like, this is a false gospel. You're not living with integrity. And it's not going to change by you praying for integrity. It's going to change by you knowing my son who had integrity. Right? Like, it, it's a different way. We have to come to the word, not to hear it, like one listening, looking in a mirror, but to do it, like one who knows Jesus, who knows Jesus. It's interesting, uh, scripture says, like, those who um, persevere. Some of your translations say those who abide in, cling to, remain in, remain with. You know, did I call them out? Is there anything else? Uh, Those endure with. This word is actually uh, a cool word. Uh, one of the, I think it's ESV said the word abide, and that made me want to look at the Greek word, which then tracked me to another word. Like I was just boom, 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 popping everywhere. Jesus says the word abide twice to his disciples. And it's actually really cool if you see what James is doing here. James is Jesus's brother, like legit brother, like from the same mother brother. Okay. Like James knows the words that his brother spoke, 
And so there's one time in John chapter 8 where it says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, hey, if you continue, can you go to that passage? If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, if you cling to my word, if you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know truth, and the truth will make you free. Do you want to know the law of liberty? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Abide in it. But it's interesting. I put this second verse. This is a fun little aside. Start noticing. Oh, it went away. I'm going to this one. Is it back? Oh, it's back. Look at the second, second sentence, or uh, sorry, verse 33, the third one. They answered him, we, oh, sorry, we are descendants. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you, what do you mean that we could be free? We are free. Look at them looking at the word of God through themselves, right? It's so interesting. I, I put that there because uh, what's going to end if you kept tracking down with John 8, uh, he has to, it's one of those like masterful escape moves of Jesus because all of them have stones and they're ready to stone him because it turns out they just want to hear the word and not do the word. They're ready to stone him. Jesus says, if you continue in my word another time, it won't be up here, but John 15, it's a beautiful time beautiful place in scripture where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me. Cling to me. You want to know how to endure in the word of God, how to actually do it? Stop saying, I'm going to abide in what I think it's wanting me to do, but I'm just going to cling to who Jesus is. I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what he says, and it's not going to better me. I'm not look. I'm focusing on you, Jesus. I will abide in you. But practically, like, what does that mean? The first thing I'm going to tell you, and this is not a note, like, how do I actually then do the word? I love reading scripture, okay? But we have to challenge ourselves. When I read this, let me first ask, what is this saying about you, God, okay? You wanna do scripture? You wanna do it? Then when you read it, when you hear it, say, God, what is this saying about your character? And then things will start flowing. Because as you learn his character, you start realizing his grace that you overlook all the time. If you start learning his character, you start realizing his power and authority that you don't take advantage of. You wonder why demons are still in people in our life? You wonder why spirits of anxiety still plague your house? It's because you're not doing the word. Why? Because you have this hearing. It's about you, but not saying, hey, Jesus wants authority in my house. He wants authority in my home. The image of Jesus in this house would be one of peace and power and and hope. And so I'm going to speak it. And I'm going to show them Jesus. And Jesus is going to have peace in my home. You see, it's a change. It's it's a change of perception. But I also think it starts with uh, what James started with. Remove from yourself all wickedness, that rampant growth, 
that, uh, of sin and do this, receive with meekness the implanted word. Now, I, I told you I would come back to this. Receive with meekness the implanted word. I'll do a name drop. I never do this, but some of you are like, dude, what does he use? John Piper, there we go. Are you happy about that? John Piper, he said, and this was nice, the implanted word, the word that's already in you. He said, this implanted word is not like a kidney that your body has. Okay, think with me, because it would be weird to receive daily with meekness your kidney. Can we all agree? The word of God is not implanted like a piece of you that is just working on its own functionally, though it does work on its own functionally. What he is saying is like oxygen in our body that is already in us, but on a daily basis, we surrender to the need to breathe and we daily receive it. Minute by minute receive it. Those who hear the word have an experience with the mirror and they go on their day because they have other things to look at. Those who do the word are constantly receiving in because they know they need it with every breath. I need it. With every breath I need it in this conversation, I need it. That's why they're doing the word because it's something they actively breathe versus something that they just look at, prep themselves, and go about the day. Is this, we trekking now. Receive with meekness, God, like in this place right now, I don't know. I don't know what to do, right? In this place, God, who are you? In every instance, like God, what are you doing? I'm gonna receive what's already in me, your, your, your truth, and I'm gonna walk it out. This is like a constant challenge that we have to do. Right? Because I told you at the very beginning of this, uh, what I fill my mind with is how I live. What my desires focus on is how I live. What I spend my time on is how I live. So I'm going to fill my mind with your word and I'm going to breathe it in and out. I'm gonna, my desires are going to be shaped by wanting to know you first, Jesus. And after that, like you take hold, like you take the reins. And then after that, like my time will be focused on making sure that I'm breathing you in and out, in and out. And what you end up doing is what Jesus did at the, with the woman at the well. His purpose was not to make her see herself. And this is what, his purpose was not to make her see herself. The purpose in every interaction then is that they may see the one true Lord. And so this challenges and, and shapes how we act. Because in my relationship with the word is no longer how do I better myself? The relationship with the word is, oh my gosh, God, you are good, and I have to make someone else know about this. Like, I have to tell them about your goodness. Like, I have to. And then instantly, my gospel has nothing to do with human self. It's everything to do with the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And what they'll start seeing is a God who did not take, you know, Equality with God to be used as his advantage, but someone who humbled himself daily, who emptied himself, took on a form of a servant. See, some of you aren't doing the thing because you're still like, God, what do I need to do? And he's like, just look at my son. 
Look at my son. Look at my son. And so as we end, I'm going to pray, but some of you are like, there is so much more of this that we didn't get to. I want you to go to a small group this week and do it. And the reason is James knows who he's talking to. He knows I'm talking to some Jews who are scattered. And he's about to shape how they act. In small group, you're going to read. If you go to small, if not, please write it down. We'll get you into one. In small group, you will read James calling out their potty mouths. He does. Calls out their, their, their mouths. And why? Because in this, they're only changing what they look like, but our mouths speak what is in us. Then James will say, hey, by the way, a good and um, pure religion is you actually caring for people. Not just looking the part, but doing it. And then he will say, hey, also, by the way, why are all your friends rich? Why are all, all you want to talk to are the people who are going to get you somewhere? That's the rampant wickedness of the world. That's, that's you saying, how can I live life to better my image? James is going to be like, I want you to go to everyone and say, how can I use this to make his image known? See, there's a switch that James is trying to really push into the people. So do that this week. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.